2: And welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia brought to you here on our great little community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. That's 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And on today's show for Pigeon Radio Australia, we have a great show for you. We've put together a fantastic show. We've got for you our media check, some very interesting articles coming from across the world in our media check and also the king island race is on again this year the dandenong racing pigeon club we'll hear about that and also we've got a new member that found out about pigeon racing through this radio program and he's now joined our ranks and he's going to be racing pigeons next year so we'll hear from him as well and also we have a very exciting guest for you today who is selling some of his birds. And I tell you something, you don't get very much opportunity to buy any of this guy's pigeons. That's Ken Marshall, Dr. Rob Marshall's brother, who's having a sale in June. And we're going to hear from him. So let's get on with the show. Pigeon Radio Australia. And as every week, uh, I have my good friend Tony Barber here with me. And Tony, hello and welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia, mate.
3: Morning, guys and good morning to everybody who's listening and everybody around the world. Now, tell me, Tony, are uh, your birds going all right now? Yeah, birds, birds are all right. I reckon they just about through the molt anyway now, Yeah,
2: they're about through and the molt. I'm thinking of the, the birds look fantastic. I think the weather's pretty good for the birds.
3: Yeah, it's a nice day tomorrow And the day after mm. So mm. It's only the the breads That they s- s- Gonna make me stuck <laughs> Well, because, that's
2: why Everybody has the same problem But yeah, we breed too many pigeons That's the problem mm.
3: yeah. yeah, yeah But the problem was the COVID The last three years with the crisis mm. That's how everybody Probably gonna finish with too much <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's true all really? right, oh, Tony. We're going to take a break and play a song, and uh, then we'll be back. I've got uh, a lot of special guests today. I've got Ken Marshall coming on, Rob's brother. Uh, he's having a sale, and some good features there. Oh, there'll be some. Oh, mate, I tell you, I think I think I'm going to go for a trip to Sydney to go and have a look at them. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll take a short break, yeah. and we'll be back. And for our first music break this week. Uh, here's a song that Jimmy Barnes has re-recorded. It's a cover of a song called Do You Love Me? Jimmy Barnes with Josh Teskey. Do You Love Me? A great Australian hit by a great Australian artist, Jimmy Barnes, here on Pigeon Radio Australia.
1: To let you know, I can really shake him down. Do you love me? 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 You love me? I'm not that I can Watch me now. like, it like Come on, tell me. To me
5: Stock Produce and Farming Supplies Taramid. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramead Stock Feed and Farming Supplies 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Vale Open 7 days a week Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340
0: 551 5 Southern FM sponsor Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Roenfreid pigeon products Roenfreid a German based company is a leading manufacturer of world class premium European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons in a health all year round Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035 Double nine eight one thousand and pigeonvitality.com.au, Southern FM sponsor.
7: When everything keeps changing. It's hard to know how to feel. So if the last couple of years have left you with mixed emotions, You're not alone. Search Beyond Blue Coronavirus for free tools, support, or to have a chat
4: today. I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day to call my best friend, that he answered.
0: Despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide, we still don't talk about it. Lifeline Australia's new podcast, Holding On To Hope, shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living. Because when we talk about suicide, we realise our capacity to support those around us. Holding On To Hope. lifeline.org.au forward
4: slash podcast. G'day, Josh Gatt host of Bluestone Sounds, a show about live music and emerging acts. If you're a night owl like me,
1: I'd like to very warmly invite you to come and hang out on your Friday morning, Thursday night, that's right, Bluestone Sounds Midnight Edition. Playing the risque stuff I can't play during the light of day. That's midnight till 3am on your Thursday night,
8: Friday morning. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world musically speaking from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your Captain DDZ.
0: Pigeon Radio Australia, hear from the studios of Pigeon Media in Melbourne, Australia. This is the only devoted Pigeon Radio show in the world. Tune in live worldwide via our website at www.pigeonmedia.com.au.
1: Stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.
0: The Worldwide, Pigeon Radio Australia, Pigeon Media, Weekly Check.
2: And yes, it's time for our weekly media check here on Pigeon Radio Australia, where we comb the internet and newspapers to find out what's going on in the racing pigeon world all over the world. And here is a great story. I came across this one, and I have asked these people to come on Pigeon Radio Australia. I'm still waiting for an answer from them. It's Dog Wolf Studios in England. And uh, this is what uh this is from the Variety magazine, and um Dog Wolf drops trailer for Gavin Fitzgerald's Hot Docs premiere, Million Dollar Pigeons.
9: Dog Wolf drops trailer for Gavin Fitzgerald's Hot Docs premiere, million dollar pigeons exclusive. Million Dollar Pigeons, which had its world premiere this week at Hot Docs, follows a colorful cast of pigeon masters from far and wide who compete in the most lucrative pigeon races on the planet. Variety has been given exclusive access to the trailer and speaks to the director, Irish filmmaker Gavin Fitzgerald. The third documentary feature from Fitzgerald, the film enters the world of the passionate pigeon fanciers who put their reputations and livelihoods at stake in pursuit of ever growing prize purses. Million Dollar Pigeons is produced by Samantha Core for Venom Films, in association with Screen Ireland, Radio eyes Aran, RTE, and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, in co-production with ZDF, Arte and NHK. Dogwoof is handling world sales. Born and raised in Dublin, Fitzgerald is the director of Conor McGregor, Notorious, 2017, which followed the controversial Irish UFC fighter and was the highest-grossing Irish documentary of all time, and, as it was, 2019, about the former Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher's musical journey after the British band's high-profile breakup. While the subjects of his latest feature don't spend quite as much time in the limelight, Fitzgerald's journey into the surprisingly cutthroat, high-stakes world of competitive pigeon racing reveals how an influx of cash in recent years has transformed the sport. All this money brought a divide in the world, the director told Variety. You've got people that feel that the sale of million-dollar pigeons is absolutely necessary for the sport to grow. But there's a lot of people that feel that that's not what true pigeon racing is about. In 2019, a bird dubbed the, Lionel Messi of pigeon racing, sold for a then-record 1.25 million euros, 1.3 million dollars, a year later, that was topped at an auction in China, where a Belgian-bred champion fetched 1.6 million euros, 1.7 million dollars, from a local enthusiast. Many longtime hobbyists, said Fitzgerald, feel priced out by all this crazy money. Pigeon racing is meant to be a kind of poor man's horse racing, something that anybody can do. The money brings this divide in the sport, he added. But I think the one thing they can all agree on is they all want it to grow. I hope the film will help that in some way. So as a director, you go from making documentaries about Conor McGregor and Liam Gallagher to following the world of competitive pigeon racing. Help us make sense of that. I suppose I could see a trend happening and the type of films I was making with certain characters. I just wanted to do something different and dip into a quirky world that just really fascinated me from the offset. My father introduced me to the first pigeon fancier. I talked to him, and he was a very interesting guy. I talked to the next person, and before you know it, I was sucked into their world. I just felt that it had all the elements of something that was entertaining and fascinating and dramatic at the same time. I want to make films that get me excited, and I'm always trying to do something different. You were new to this world going in, but you soon discover that this is a sport that attracts everything from working-class hobbyists to multimillionaires. Did that surprise you? I think there's an association with pigeon racing, especially in Ireland and the UK, that it's this cottage industry and it's an old man's sport, but that image is changing. And money is the one factor that's changing everything. When I started to dip my toes into the world, the most expensive pigeon in the world was about 300 grand. And by the time I finished making the film, it had risen up to 2 million. So there's definitely an inflation in prices, and a lot of it comes from China. There's a lot of wealthy people out there that keep pigeons, and that affects the rest of the world. So it just seemed like a really exciting time to make a film about this sport, which is rapidly changing. The film takes place on four continents and has a very global dimension. Was that also something that you were expecting going in? Did you know it was going to become this big multinational production? I started off just filming pigeon fanciers in Ireland, but when I heard about a race in South Africa called the Million Dollar Pigeon Race, my ears prickled. I just needed to find out more about this international competition concept and these big money races that bring the international community together. So I thought that just makes it a much more internationally appealing film to have the best pigeon fanciers from across the world. And they're all so excited about these races. It's like winning the Olympics for them. But then making the film, things started to change. We were in the midst of the pandemic. The narrative just kept evolving. Right. Because you travel to South Africa to follow the million dollar pigeon race, the longest running event of its kind, and, without giving anything away, something happens there that shakes the global racing community to its core. How much did that impact the film? I'm sure you weren't expecting it. The initial concept was to follow solely that race. But the first year we went to South Africa was the last after running for 25 years. Documentary is all about timing. It was difficult because we had to pivot the narrative, but I always welcome surprises. It obviously made it difficult because we're shooting in various countries in a pandemic. The exciting thing in the pigeon racing industry is you've got a lot of competition. So, the million dollar pigeon race may have ruled the roost for many years, but now everybody wants a piece of the action. There's international money races across the world. We ended up focusing on a really new and exciting one in Thailand as well, which gave you a completely different side of the pigeon sport and shows just how truly international it is. These pigeon fanciers are competing for prize money and bragging rights, but the ones we meet, from very different backgrounds, also share a love for these birds. Can you talk a little bit about these characters you met, and what you think draws them to this sport? They say you need to have a feather in your brain, it's something that you're born with. And a lot of them, they would have been introduced to pigeons from their father or their grandfather. In the old days, everybody used to do it. But now there's just so many distractions, so trying to get young people involved in the sport is a challenge. Nobody has the time to spend their whole day in the garden with the pigeons. But those who do, they just have this addiction to it and a love for it. And I think the passion just comes from trying to breed what they think is the perfect bird. It takes many, many years to come up with that recipe and knowledge, and it's just never-ending. It's something that you can only learn by doing, and they really earn their stripes. They'll die in their lofts. They'll work on their pigeons until they cannot walk out to them anymore. They just have a true love for their birds and for what they do. You appeared to be on this very specific career track as a filmmaker, working with McGregor and Gallagher, and then you moved in a very different direction. Do you see some sort of unity in these films? Is there something that you feel that you bring to each one, even though the subjects are so different? I think I'm just fascinated by characters and people who are passionate about what they do. The kinds of sports that I follow, they tend to be a little more niche. Something on the outskirts, so I think that's maybe what gels the films together. I just get sucked into worlds, and I love exploring them when I'm in there. I'm still figuring it out what the connection is from one film to the next. As I think Steve Jobs said, you can only connect the dots looking back. Have you ever
4: seen a pigeon worth more than a million dollars? Well, you're going to. We call the South African million dollar, but our prize money is well in excess of 1.5 million. We call it
1: inflation.
10: (laughs) Everything I ever did in my life, I wanted to be the best. Winning the million dollar raise, put the icing on the cake. I have two kids
11: (laughs) and 60 pigeons.
3: We
12: treat pigeons from 200,000, 300,000, half a million.
3: That's really very nice. The sport is getting more and more professional and more and more worldwide. Big payouts brings in richer
10: people.
13: I already invested over a million euros in pigeons.
3: People started to pay 300,000, 400,000. I think it's just horrendous. It's crazy how the market's going. It's insane.
8: The most expensive bird ever
4: sold. 1.4 million dollars. <laughs>
10: Now you have five multi-million dollar races around the world.
1: We have been there for 25 years. We're still the number one race in the world.
11: We can be the first pigeon club ascending pigeons to South Africa. All of us coming
12: together. If you win here, you can make it anywhere. Next time I say I should be coming across the finish line. <laughs> Fourth place. A million dollar race was the biggest in the world, but it's not turning out like we thought it would. It's basically going to the casino and rolling the dice. We received four pigeons, three of which died in quarantine. Good job, Raisin.
1: Obviously, today was not what we would have wanted in a perfect world.
12: They really made a misjudgment, in my opinion. They should have called me.
7: They have speculations where they think she's at.
6: Where's all the money Where's he
7: gone? We lost everything.
6: June.
2: Oh, that's an interesting documentary, I can tell you. That's going (laughs) to... That's putting goose pimples on me. Uh, I can't wait till it comes out. But that's the official trailer for the documentary. And, uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. That's going to be something to watch, I can tell you. Now, here's another story uh, (laughs) coming, uh, I think, from TikTok. And uh, a woman who saved a bird in its hour of need has warmed hearts online after sharing her story on TikTok. Hannah. Who uses the TikTok handle Real Vintage Dolls House? Shared the video on Thursday telling the story. In the video, which now has more than a hundred and eighty thousand views, she explained that the pigeon had suddenly decided to sit on her lap during a trip to the pub. After sitting with her for over three hours, Hannah found out that people had been kicking and throwing the bird around. Disorientated, The bird had wandered into the pub where he found Hannah. Even falling asleep on her at one point, she knew she could not leave the exhausted bird alone and took him home, unsure if he would make it through the night. Footage from the next morning showed the bird alive and well in a small carrier in the shed. Seeming tame and with no tags, by day two he was more mobile and confident. Hannah and the bird continued to bond with him sitting on her shoulders and even flying over when called. So sweet. He chose you now, wrote one TikTok user. But I'd take him to a vet and get him checked out. You are now a Disney princess, said another commenter. There are 12 species of pigeons and doves in the US and Canada. Most common is the rock pigeon, found in urban areas, farmland and rocky cliffs. There are an estimated 8.4 million pigeons across the US and Canada. Studies have shown that the pigeon is actually one of the most intelligent birds in the world. A 1995 study by Japanese researchers found that the birds could successfully learn to discriminate differences between paintings by Monet and Picasso while a 2015 study by a group of American researchers tested the visual abilities of the birds. The research found that pigeons were able to look at radiology images and find the differences between pictures of malignant and benign tissue samples, something that human professionals go through years of specialised training to achieve. Another viewer who claimed to be a wildlife conservationist wrote, Keep him! They were bred to be domesticated. Hannah told Newsweek, I have decided to keep him and I am in in the process of getting him a cage. Pigeons are actually not wild animals and make great pets, said another commenter. In fact, archaeological evidence points to the human use of pigeons as a food source as far back as 10,000 years ago, although it isn't known if this entailed domesticated. There are also records of ancient Egyptians using pigeons for ceremonial and culinary purposes at least 4,000 years ago. By the 17th century, the popularity of owning pigeons had boomed in Europe, where domestic breeds were common. Commonly seen in urban areas, the wild pigeon faces many hazards, including habitat loss, window collisions, and lead poisoning from injecting shotgun pellets. Things can be particularly tough for the common rock pigeon, who are sometimes viewed as pests and directly targeted by humans. Other TikTok users were heartbroken by the story of cruelty that the animal had faced. It makes me sick and angry that people were treating this living creature so cruelly, so evil, wrote one commenter. Another viewer said, I can't believe how many people he came across who were hurting him before he came across you. Thank you for taking him in.
7: Let's have a listen to the video that was presented on TikTok. So I'm at the pub with my friends and this pigeon decides to sit in my lap. He sat with me for over three hours. I found out from the staff that he'd wandered into the pub, and people were kicking him. Some students came up to us and said he had walked into another pub up the road and was acting disorientated. People were throwing him around, so they brought him down the road, but then he wandered into the pub we were in. He even fell asleep on me at one point and was clearly exhausted. I knew I couldn't leave him, so I bought him home. No but I didn't know if now. he'd make it through the night.
14: A little be hey. hey. happy. Oh, so happy. Hey. And I <laughs> you look
7: good. He seems so tame, not sure if he's a baby. No tags on him either. Day 2 and he's getting more mobile and confident. Then he started sitting on me by choice. And helped me do some chores. Dinner time. Day 3. Day 4 and this happened. I want to do what's best so would be interested to know if people think I should keep him release him or take him to a sanctuary.
2: What a great story. That was a fantastic story. And here's another one from Windsor. Windsor pigeon races set to mark the 2222 the 20 <laughs> Windsor pigeon races set to mark the 2022 season bringing birds as far as 600 kilometers away. No one seems to know how pigeons find their way back home says enthusiasts. Carlo Bertolisio and his birds are getting ready for a busy pigeon racing season set to start this weekend in southern western Ontario in Canada. The Windsorite keeps pigeon coops in his backyard, a hobby he's employed since he was a kid. At the time, when I was in grade school, half the guys in the class had pigeons. It was just the way it was. Every second house had a pigeon loft, said Bertolicio. It's a sport that requires a lot of work and it requires a lot of ambition. Bertolosio is also part of the Windsor Racing Pigeon Club, which has a long history, the city, dating back to 1927. While the group has dwindled over the years to only about 15 current members, they still look forward to the racing season each year. Let's have a listen to the video that was presented by this article. The Windsor Racing Pigeon season about to take off. The
15: Windsor Racing Pigeon Club has been in existence since 1927. I joined the club uh, in 1984. Uh, There is uh, quite um, an association of racing pigeons in southern Ontario. We belong to the southwestern Ontario Association of Racing Pigeon Clubs. Stouffville, Peterborough... Matic, Highway 738, and Smiths Falls. So you can see from 150 kilometers to the longest is 633 kilometers. From there to here, to home. Every time they fly back to Windsor? Every time they fly back to Windsor. We we take our birds basically uh, uh, to London uh, on Friday nights. They get put on a trailer with uh, five or six other clubs and they're taken to the release point and they're released uh, the next morning as early as possible. And they make their way home. Okay, this one here, this is the electronic band. Okay. All right, and this, this side here, this is his permanent leg band. Okay. So this one is um, a number, this is a 2001, a 2000, and his number is 134, and it's a CU, which is Canadian Un- Union, 2000, 2020. Corner Loft is the name of my loft, and his number is 134. So that number is registered to me, and that's how, if they get lost, they can be traced back. Why do you do this? Well, I've always enjoyed nature. You know, I've had pigeons ever since I can remember. As a matter of fact, uh, I got uh, in the pigeon bug, as we call it, when I was in grade school. Uh, Rummaging through the library, I found a book on pigeon racing. I read it two or three times, and ever since then, I just Lure. wanted to join yeah, a club, lures. right? And I had different types of pigeons, uh, uh, not always racing pigeons. Come on, come on, come on. I must have had them since I come was on, 11, come 12 years old, come on, you okay. know. And at that time, when I was in grade school, there was half of the, the guys in the class had pigeons. Okay. It was just the way it is. We could tramp up and down the alleys in those days, and every third house seemed to have a pigeon loft, you know. Okay. But You know, it's kind of gone by the wayside. But we still love it. And we keep it going as long as we can.
2: Ah, that was an interesting story coming out of Canada. And here's a story of pigeons in use again uh, in support of call for peace in the Ukraine. Now, this one says, homing pigeons take off across Germany to call for peace in the Ukraine. Pigeons are said to make peace flights across Essen. Germany on Saturday and Sunday to highlight the need for peace in Russia's war in Ukraine. In German, the word for pigeon and dove is the same. The president of the Association of German Homing Pigeon Breeders, Ulrich Peck, told Deutsche Press Agentur, DPA, that part of the proceeds from the transport of the homing pigeons to the departure points will be donated to the war effort. The Homing Pigeon Organisation from Germany, East Frisian Region, oversaw the send-off of around 6,000 pigeons in the Lower Rhine Region on Saturday morning. The pigeons will fly some 200 kilometres, 124.27 miles, until they reach their destination. The association is asking people to contribute five million. $5.30 per pigeon and hope to receive 10,000 to 15,000 euros in further donations for the war effort, said Winifried Helmrichs, its chairperson. The dove has always been a symbol of hope and peace. That's exactly what we want to remind people of, Peck said. In total, more than 300 vehicles are transporting pigeons to send off locations throughout Germany, he said. For homing pigeon clubs, the flying season starts this weekend. According to a spokesperson for the Federal Association of Carrier Pigeon Breeders, the birds can cover a maximum of 650 kilometres. In Germany, about 28,000 people are members of homing pigeon clubs. More than half of them participate in the season the owners contribute towards the cost of transporting the pigeons to the departure points. And here's a story that's coming out of Belgium from Thonae Pigeons in Belgium. And on the 9th of May 2022 for the occasion of Euro Day at the European institution, we have been invited to li- deliver white pigeons as a symbol of peace and European solidarity. Jelva Johansson, European Commissioner for Home Affairs, participates in the ceremony on the occasion of the Europe Day, the commemoration of the Schuman Declaration of the 9th of May 1950. And that comes from Joss Donay, world champion pigeon racer in Belgium. And that's it for our Media Check this week, I hope you enjoyed that. And because it was Mother's Day on the weekend, I'm going to play a great Australian song for Mother's Day, and it's by an artist called Johnny Chester, who was quite popular back in the day, and uh, he's got a song called The World's Greatest Mum on Pigeon Radio Australia and Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there.
10: World's greatest mom. I remember oh so clearly when I was just a little boy. Our mom was there to guide me to turn sorrow into joy. And no matter what the problem, she could always put it right. Beyond. For 24 hours, through every day and night So put your hands together, all together Join in one by one Cause I've got to say I thank you To the world's greatest mom We'll build a life together so they'll never be alone And they'll have their mom to guide them like their nana did for me To help them help each other, oh what a family it will be So put your hands together, all together I've got to say I thank you to the world's greatest mom. Oh, put your hands together, all together, join in one by one. Cause I've got to say I thank you.
0: Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rohnfried Pigeon Products. Rohnfried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeon's inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035 998 1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor
5: your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Taramid. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramid stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484340. southern fm sponsor
4: what you hear on community radio is governed by the community
10: broadcasting codes of practice the codes of practice cover matters relating to program content that are of concern to the community including local content news current affairs australian music content programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting to the community they also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this service Copies of the codes are available from the Community Broadcasting Association website, www.cbaa.org.au
13: Hi, I'm Vanessa Lowe, long jump gold medalist and world record holder. When I was 15, I was waiting to catch my train. In a split second, my life changed. As the train arrived, the crowd surged forward. I was too close to the platform edge, lost my balance and fell into the path of the oncoming train. Was in a coma for two weeks and it took two years to walk again. So please stand back, look up and stay rail safe.
6: Hi there, it's me, Graham the Garden Gnome. If you want to know everything about where I live in your garden, listen in to Molly's Blooming Hour every Saturday at 4pm. Only here on 88.3 Southern FM
8: (laughs) This is DDZ your captain speaking tune in every Wednesday at 2pm travel the world musically speaking from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto from the Colosseum to the Pyramids from the London Bridge to Golden Gate Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your Captain DDZ.
0: You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia, broadcast from Melbourne, Australia, on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside.
1: Stop the pigeon, 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 How? stop the pigeon, pigeon. pigeon how?
2: You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and you can also check out the Southern FM website at southernfm.com.au, and we have an exciting guest from the Dandenong Racing Pigeon Club, and on the line I have from the Dandenong. Racing Pigeon Club, Neville Arathune and uh, what's it, What's happening is they're having their annual King Island race again, two-bird race series, and um, it's the basketing's on Thursday the 26th of the 5th, 2022, and the race is on the 4th of the 6th, 2022. Neville, how are you going, and welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia once again. Yeah, thanks very much, Ivan. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, um, tell us a little bit about, uh, well, we don't have any coronavirus or COVID to deal with this time, so that makes it easy for us, for the King Island race. And tell us, how's it going to be run this year?
11: Yeah, well, uh, we started the sections last year where we uh, decided to divide the prize money, share the money around a bit more. That seemed to go down well, so straightforward, east and west of the uh, Yarra River. That seemed to go well. Yep. We had, a, we had a good real good turnout last year, sort of snuck one in, be, in between the lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, that and, was a um, good race, yeah. Yeah, it was. It turned out well, real good turnout. So, uh, we've, we've picked up a few sponsors uh, this year. Brad McPherson, he's uh, donating all the barbecue, so there should be a good turnout for that. And Gary Gillard, he, he's uh, putting some of his products up what well, a lot of people use by the sound of it. Yeah, and there's a raffle
2: that, with his stuff, isn't there?
11: Yeah. And the on Club, we had a fundraiser last year and we had a bit of excess funds, so we're throwing in a uh, $500 added prize money to each of wow.
2: that's pretty good. So, and then uh, you're going to have the normal Calcutta and all that sort of stuff as well?
11: Yeah, yeah, that seems to go down well. And... Uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping for about 90 flyers, get it back to the good old days, you know. Well,
2: I, I think, hope so. That's why I've rung you up to tell you to tell us all about it, so we get as many people down there as possible. Yeah,
11: well, you, you've been down there, I've seen you, you know, It's a good crack on the night, you know. And, yeah.
16: Uh,
11: yeah. Uh,
2: get, and now, now, there's old, some isn't? some flies, oh, you know, birds are still molting this and that, and I haven't tossed them enough, haven't trained them enough, but... <laughs> There's, there's been instances where uh, people have won won the race putting birds in and they haven't tossed them or anything and they've won the race.
11: Yeah, I've done it many times just straight off the house, you know. Uh, might not get in the first race, but the second race, they to run on the ball. Mm. Use the first one as a toss, a bit of an expensive toss, I guess. But,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you never know your luck with pigeon racing. No, and, and
11: the old birds, they don't need, need as
2: much as the young birds, so... no. Now, uh, the clock presentations, uh, if somebody wants to organise clock presentations in their area, like for instance on this side of the city, uh, it says there on the flyer that it can be done by arrangement.
11: Yeah, well last year we trialled that as well, that that seemed to work out alright, so says so you're coming over the other side of town. Yeah. You know, it's a decent old 60k, 80k fly for yeah. And especially, especially
2: if you're like, I'm working that day, I'm going to race it, but I'm working in the night. So it's hard for me to go up and down when I'm working on that night, you know what I mean? Yeah,
11: so try and make it easy for the flyers. And uh, so we'll, we'll make arrangements with the VPU and Western Fed to have a uh, clock presentation at their centres. But we want to keep it where the flyers bring the birds on the Thursday because it's more about the social... Together oh months.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah! Bringing the the birds on the Thursday's not a problem. That's that's good because we we need to meet together, and uh, especially after all these COVID bloody lockdowns, it's good to get together and have a have a chin wag and and, and talk about pigeons and and have a drink. And, and 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 as Brad McPherson is supplying the barbecue, have a barbecue as well. So it'll be a great night. Yeah, well, we're hoping to. So uh
11: yeah. It, it, much else you can say about it. No, it's just,
2: and it's uh, one flyer per address, isn't it? So that you can't have yeah. another flyer there, it's only one flyer per address, and um, yeah. what's the cost? Tell us the costs of it.
11: I think it's, uh, off the top of my head, it's $35 for the entry, and then there's a $20 loft nomination, then there's op- optional pools, Yep. Yeah. and uh, then the all birds in the Calcutta, so...
2: Yeah, and you don't have to buy your loft if you don't want to, you can let someone else buy it, yeah.
11: If you fancy someone else's, you can try buy theirs. Yeah. You
2: know, so. All right, Neville, um, if anybody wants more information from you, um, what's your contact number? They can give you a ring.
11: Yeah, it's 0413 912 168. All right. They new flyers so we can get the coordinates and um, get them into the system.
2: Yeah. Well, there are a few new flies about, so yeah. That, that if yeah, they're interested in racing, they've yeah. got to get their coordinates in and um and ring you up and and organise it.
11: Yeah, well, there are new flies coming into the game. Dandy Nog itself picked up uh, six new flies.
2: Yeah, we've picked up some new flies in the WPF as well. So yeah, it's good. Um, it's yeah. good to see new people, new faces. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
11: yeah. So, well, all the old farts are good,
2: <laughs> good enough, aren't we? Yeah. All right, anyway. mate, um, thanks very much for being on the program and uh, we'll see you on Basketing Night for King Island. And that's yeah, on uh, Thursday night, the 26th of the 5th, 2022. <laughs> that's right, yeah. All right, see you then, Nev, thanks very much. All right, cheers, mate.
5: Cheers, mate, bye. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Meat. we get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramude Stock Feed and Farming Supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Bale. Open seven days a week. Telephone Peter on 0484 340 551. Southern FM
6: sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia. Number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor.
4: We live in a great country, in great local communities, like yours. But did you know one in six Australian children live in poverty? Through no fault of their own, right here, there are children living in poverty every day. Deprived of what they need to keep up in school and struggling to learn, many give up on their education. Donate to the Smith family and give the extra learning support every local child deserves to fulfil their potential. Search the Smith family.
5: A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family, or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24 7. For free, confidential advice, support, and counselling for everyone, contact 1800 RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.
14: Ugoldite, glasu", Čok", Monday is from 10 pm to 3 am.
2: Tune in to Croatian Voice with Marica Cok. A taste of Croatia with Croatian music, news, and chat. Right here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And it's time to break for the Southern FM National Radio News and we'll be back after the Southern FM National Radio News with our special guest today who's having a quite extraordinary auction sale and you don't get to buy birds off this bloke very often and that's Ken Marshall after the news. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3, Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia.
1: So, stop the pigeon, 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 stop the pigeon.
2: You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and the Southern FM website, our great community radio station here in Melbourne, Australia, is southernfm.com.au. Go and have a look at, look it up. Now, um, we podcast via the Podbean Network, and you can get this. Program at twelve o'clock, right after the program via the Podbean network. And if you can't find us, you can go to the Pigeon Media website, or you can go to the Mister and Mrs Google machine and Google Pigeon Radio Australia, and you will find our podcast. It's also uh, being listed on Facebook. And don't forget, on talking about Facebook, we've got a group on Facebook that's got uh, uh, nearly well, it's got ninety thousand members now, and uh, that's the Racing Pigeon Global. And if you haven't already joined it. Join it, because you've got a chance to speak to around 90,000 pigeon fanciers from all over the world on the Racing Pigeon Global Group on Facebook. And I'd like to welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia today, uh, Ken Marshall, uh, Dr. Rob Marshall's brother, who is conducting an auction. Now, Ken, you rarely sell or auction your birds. Why now offer these birds for sale at auction?
17: (laughs) That's a good question, Ivan. Uh, the main reason is my health is failing. I've just turned the magic 7-0. Oh, gee. And up to then I've been immortal and in magnificent condition.
8: Mm.
17: But like every old stock cock, we <laughs> have, had, have had our day. Yeah. So uh, I'm, cutting, I'm cutting birds back dramatically. I carry around about 250 birds in my backyard I've got 40 40, uh, breeding boxes. I'm cutting my birds back to 80 to 100 birds, and I'm being very strict about it. That's all I can look after now in terms of the physicality of what I have to do. Okay. So that's why I'm having the sale. Otherwise, these birds I'd purchased fairly recently, a lot of these imported birds fairly recently, to carry me over the next decade. That was my intention. Uh, I've retired now, and I was looking at that decade to to go through the process of what I call the test birds and integrate them into my own family of pigeons. And uh, that takes many years, as you know, Ivan. I've run out of years, unfortunately.
2: Mm. Yes. Now, now tell us about your start in pigeon racing and how you got involved in pigeon racing.
17: Well, uh, Rob and I, as twin brothers, go back to racing pigeons when we were 12 years of age. So uh, we were at high school together in year seven and there was a bloke there called Gary Herring who was racing pigeons, which fascinated me. And I went and watched his birds one weekend at Willoughby and really, really enjoyed it and got hooked at a very young age. We then built a a loft at our home in our our home at Ivy Street, Linfield. That was built by my grandfather. And uh, at a very young age, uh, year seven, year eight, we were breeding and uh, starting to race pigeons as juniors, mm. so we, we started at a very young age. And um, Rob turned it into a profession; I turned it into an expensive hobby.
2: <laughs> and, and did you have a lot of success <laughs> in your racing when you were younger with Rob? Uh, well, we we
17: were racing against uh, some of the great icons in the North, north Northern Beaches area of Sydney, particularly the Pays family and um, the Gilton family, Bob and his dad, Bob Gilton AOM, the famous uh, tennis player, gentleman and great sportsman. Uh, and they had a, a long-standing family of pigeons with multiple generations of federations embedded in their pedigrees. We could not get near mm. them. <laughs> they were smarter than us, they were better organised and they had better tested pigeons. Mm. But what but what turned what turned the tide, uh, Ivan, was in nineteen ninety. Luella brought in imported the first group of legal pigeons into Australia and Rob and I attended the Parramatta sale in Sydney of these pigeons. We had no money at that stage of the game, we we're still getting it established. We were able to get hold of just a small number of birds. We bought two nest pair gay pies which nobody wanted because they reckoned the falcons would eat them. <laughs> we bought we bought the two of them cheaply and we bought a couple of Jansens. We paired we then blended those together and they established what we called the classic lines or as Arthur Arnold called them, the Bush Ranger family. Immediately we were successful. And I mean immediately Ivan mm. suddenly we were on par with the best of the best, and from that point on, we started winning and started winning regularly.
2: And do you still have these birds in in your family of pigeons?
17: Absolutely. Rob's curated them for twenty years, and so have I. So they're in the background of all our all our all our all mm. our families. Uh, I've obviously introduced other birds, tested other birds, but we we look after these birds with a great deal of uh, reverence. They are they are fabulous at uh, short to middle distance with the sun on their back at 1,500 metres a minute. They're fast. They're sensational. Uh, Above 400 kilometres, no. Uh, Headwinds, no. But, you know, you need every bird for every condition. So they're a a small part of what I call my genetic library, Ivan.
16: Mm. Mm.
2: Now tell us about your interest in importing birds to Australia. You you, uh, began importing a lot of birds from like Ayer Camp and and people like that. Tell us about that. Well, I spent, uh, you know, I left pigeons uh,
17: when I was about 20 because I had to go to university, they told me. And then I got involved in education and that took a whole 10 years out of my life. And then I eventually came back to the birds when I had my own place. And at that point in time, I'd already realised the very foundation of successful pigeon racing is genetics. And beyond that, there's also genetics, and beyond that, there's also genetics. Uh, so I became quite – my wife would use the term obsessive. I would use the term enthusiastic <laughs> uh, in terms of pursuing world's best pigeon genetics. So I knew to do that. I had to go overseas, and I knew to do that in my own profession. I had to go overseas as well. So I did – I sort of integrated the t- the two issues. So uh, my present wife, she's in the UK. One of my sons lives in the UK. So I used to work in the UK. My older brother was a maxillofacial surgeon in the UK. So I've got a gravitation to that side of the globe. Uh, so I went over and travelled and visited, went to Europe and did the you know, did the pigeon crusade and visited eye camps a number of times, visited uh, our good friend Cookman in Everveen, a couple of times um, and just visited as many lofts as I possibly could and did a lot of reading, Ivan. I just read voraciously. I read all the magazines. I read everything online and I educated myself very thoroughly in terms of what was occurring in the Europe, particularly in the European scene because I understood very clearly we were F standard, we're amateurs, they are hardcore professionals and they are very, very good at what they do.
2: Mm. Some some fanciers here say that oh, the imports are not as good as them. they made out to be. Um, what would you say to people like that? Uh, I'd
17: say continue on with that thought process because I'll beat you every week. Not a problem. <laughs>
16: <laughs> <laughs>
17: but it's like everything else, you know. You've got to bring in a lot of birds, eye and then heavily test them. And as we all know, if you're lucky, you may find a couple of key breeders. It's a difficult process. It's time-consuming. Uh, you've got to start from a strong base, and very very few pigeons, as we know, are super breeders, and very very few pigeons are champions. And that's what makes yeah. the hobby intriguing, doesn't it, and challenging.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've got a friend in Belgium, Jelle Rosiers, and he told me, he said every pigeon's not good, Ivan. So, you know, he sent me a couple of birds as a gift, and he said to me, he said they might be duds. Yep. Yeah. You know and you
17: know and, and ironically too what I've noticed over the years Ivan is that even my very best birds, a full sister or a full brother won't breed they won't breed on it's just bizarre mm. you know mm. uh, It's that 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 specific that Pacific bird that has the magic that prepotency and that's what we all look for, isn't it
2: Yeah exactly uh, how, how much have you sort of invested in, in these birds over the years? Uh, I would I would describe that in general
17: terms, Ivan, as inverted commas, an obscene amount of money, inverted commas.
2: <laughs> Good answer. And why did you focus on visiting top lofts abroad and importing these birds into Australia?
17: Well, it became self-evident to me, Ivan, that pigeons is a numbers game. In other words, I want a pigeon with a heritage that has one from 10,000 birds. I don't want a pigeon that's one from a heritage of a hundred birds, and if you want to have birdage, you know where to go, and that's europe and you know and we know that historically that pigeon racing was at its pinnacle, in my humble opinion, about year two thousand Ivan, when they had maximum birds in Europe, you know they were flying routinely against anywhere between ten and twenty thousand birds in the bigger races. That's diminished since then, and I'm very keen to see a pedigree with that level of performance in the background.
2: Mm. Now, you're interested in genetics and uh, of top quality racing pigeons. Explain how this was important to your family of birds, uh, focusing on the genetics.
17: Well, I've got a background in genetics because I'm professionally trained and I've got a doctorate in mid-phase anatomy. So I understand structure, I understand form and function. That's part of what I do for a living. And to me, without top-line genetics, you might as well go and play lawn bowls. (laughs) So to me, it's everything. It's the foundation. So you've got to teach yourself, handle a lot of birds, teach your hands to do the talking, understand what is the anatomy of the bird that I'm looking for, what does a champion pigeon feel like in the hand, what's their variability, what is the sort of pigeon that I'm looking for in my loft under my conditions with my training methods. And I've got a favourite saying, Ivan. You've got to breed and create your own champions. Nobody else will do it for you. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and we all know that the birds from different states are bred to perform under different conditions. That's why yeah. a lot of the South Australian birds that come across to Sydney, a lot of very good birds come out of South Australia. Some, a lot of them don't cut the mustard. In our particular conditions, you've got to breed to your conditions. And the same with Victoria. We all breed, we all fly under different uh, environmental conditions, different lofts, different directions. That's the the intriguing part of what we have to, the challenge we have all as breeders, isn't it?
2: So why do you think that when we import birds from overseas, they seem to do really, really well, especially when they first come into the country?
17: Oh, I'd actually disagree with that, Ivan, to be frank. I actually don't think they do very well at all when they first come into mm. the country. Okay. I believe it takes five years to acclimatise acclimatize those birds to our conditions. So let's take the IACAMP Dutch pigeons as an example. So we've all been over there. We've sat on the dead flat Dutch terrain and we've watched their birds fly at high speed, at low altitude, flat out. That is not Australia, is it, Ivan? No.
2: <laughs> no, definitely not. And,
17: and what happens because of that, they breed a particular style of pigeon. Uh, the Iacamp hens are particularly short, strong up front for speed, not unlike the Vantabox, and they are very different to what we need in this country, in my humble opinion. And what I need in Sydney is different to what they need in Brisbane, it's different to what they need in Melbourne, yeah. and it's different to what they need in Adelaide. Yeah. And, you know, there is only one way to go, and that's to heavily test your birds in your loft, in your federation, under your training conditions, with your feeding systems and your health protocols. It's a complex puzzle.
2: Mm. It certainly is. Now, in in the later years of your racing, you partnered in racing the birds with Jimmy and Rhonda Vescos. What brought this about and why Jimmy and Rhonda Vescos? It was... Purely f- uh,
17: fortuitous, Ivan, or well, I prefer the word serendipitous. You look it up in Google, tell me what it means, Ivan. <laughs> yeah, ir- ir- irrespective. Uh, I was introduced to uh, Jimmy Ronda through my brother Rob, as you know, Sydney veterinarian, so know he handles everybody's birds, he knows everybody. Uh, and it was just, I said to Jimmy, I said, look, this is who I am. Uh, would you like me to breed you a few birds? I'm just too busy where I'm at professionally. He um, said, yeah, sure, not a problem. So the first year was about 2009. I bred him a handful of birds and we had two very, very successful nest mate cock birds, 730 and 731. Now, I they were down off uh, our good colleague and scoundrel from Melbourne, uh, Mr. Sagers, Mr. Keith Sagers, and uh, they were very directly from his winning sewer shadow lines crossed into uh, his Jansons that he had, the Smelter's Jansons. And these two cocks did exceptionally well. That got Jimmy excited because he's a racer and I'm a breeder. Mm. Uh, and we just built on that foundation. Uh, Jimmy and I are very different people. Jimmy's a, a very gregarious Greek, very <laughs> outgoing, very, very, very hyper-competitive. He's a racer, out-and-out racer. I'm much more contemplative, more quiet, more introspective, and I'm a considered a strategic breeder. However, the two of us together are a very, very strong team because we simply fuse our
2: talents and work to our strengths. Mm. So, yeah, I looked up that word and you, you sort of met him by chance, really. Correct.
17: Yeah. Thanks, thanks for doing the due diligence, Ivan.
2: No worries. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> how will the uh, auction be conducted?
17: Well, I had two options, Ivan. I was looking at as as you would expect, uh, a digital online option or alternatively go to a more traditional auction, which has been, as you know, taken away from us because of COVID the last couple of years, yeah. uh, I'm very much of the strong opinion that to evaluate a racing pigeon, you must have the bird in your hand. Mm-hmm. Any okay. other way, in my humble opinion, yeah, is yeah. total potluck. Yeah,
2: I think you're and,
17: right. And, and, and buying pigeons online, a lot of smoke and mirrors, the photographs are often not a true representative of the anatomy and the configuration of the bird. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pent-up energy for a lot of people wanting to come to Sydney, come to a great auction, handle birds, uh, meet a few mates, have a few beers and get back to the old days, Ivan.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, see, now you've just put the thought into my head. I thought, oh, I'll go, I'll do it on phone or something like that. But now I've got the thought in my head to catch a plane and come up there.
17: Well, the, the, the other good news, you know, it's on the weekend of the Australian Day long weekend. So you can come up and still not even have to take a day at work, which is... For you, Ivan,
2: fantastic being a
17: workaholic. That's, that's a good option. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But see, see, I, because I'm a musician, my, most of my work's on the weekend, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, now, who, who's the auctioneer? Who's going to be conducting the auction?
17: Uh, well, one of, one of my colleagues from the Liverpool club will uh, handle that, the president. He's very experienced. And the, they hold auctions there routinely. They're very systematic. They've got all the systems, the computer systems. And I've got a young, enthusiastic young man called Adam Archer uh, who's doing all the computer work. He's a computer whiz kid. He's a new member to uh, Liverpool Club. He's a third-generation pigeon flyer. I've known him all his life as a young boy. And he's um, going to be managing a lot of, a lot of, of the day.
2: Mm. Now, everybody won't be able to come up to Sydney to to. to go to the auction, so people from around Australia for sure will, will want some of your birds. Um, will there be proxy bidding or how, how is this going to Absolutely. work?
16: Absolutely. So there,
17: there's a, a digital flyer in uh, Ukraine blue and yellow colours on all the various websites which has just been released. Uh, you'll call Adam Arch on his mobile and he will organise proxy votes and make sure you get a fair look in. However, however I might add, Ivan, that to me, this auction is not about money. I don't really need the money. Money, to be frank, it's about distributing my birds Australian wide and giving everybody an opportunity to top up their genetic, uh, their gen- genetic supply and the, uh, giving them an opportunity to add something special into their loft. Hmm. You know, and and this this auction carries a phenomenal variety of genetics because I carry a very wide library of genetics.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, me talking to Jimmy over the years, um, he's t- he's told me about some of the birds you've brought in, and some of them are just bewildering when when you when you hear about them.
17: Well, they're, they're world class, you know. And uh, you know, I don't bring in the ears unless I consider it to be world class. That's, that's you know, that's the homework What you've got to do it just it means that as as a starting point. Once you refine those birds, birds and tested them, then carefully selected the winning pictures out and put them back on the stock loft because you'll notice in my uh, in my prelude to this catalogue, which I'll release in the very near future, it talks about Jimmy and I never sell our winning birds. In fact, we rarely sell birds at all. Yeah. Because I don't want other people to, to race my bloodlines down the club because one of the things I've worked at over many years is I want a, what I call a point of genetic difference. So when we basket our birds Friday night at the club, I know they are genetically unique to us. That's mm. fantastic. Yes. We're not we're not copying everybody else. We're not following anybody. No. We're set, we're setting the lead.
2: Yeah, it's like writing a song, you're an original song, yeah, it's a hit like that, or not. And as a musician you understand that there's a huge difference
17: between doing a cover and writing your own original material, isn't mm, there? Correct.
2: Arie? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly right. Now, um, when, like, I put the flyer out there on my website and everything uh, to, mm-hmm. give, to give, give it a bit of exposure when I saw it. And um, you know what pigeon fancy is like. Very impatient people, <laughs> some of them. They are. And, uh, yeah, I've got questions, 100 questions about when is this catalogue? Where's the catalogue? <laughs> Good
17: question. I'm burning the midnight oil. So the the first, it's in four parts. Did you see how it was in four parts, Ivan? Yeah. Yeah. So part one is the imported birds. There'll be about twenty-five original imported birds. Many of them, are absolute class, world-class eye camp pigeons. Uh, and that part will be released by the end of next week. The following part thereafter. The whole catalogue will be available by the end of this month.
2: Okay. Yep. So that'll be the final draft by the end of the month. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, tell us about your most memorable result with your birds with the Vescos Marshall partnership.
17: Well, every afternoon when I go over to Jimmy and Rhonda's place at Kensington, Saturday afternoon is memorable. Every afternoon it's a joy to be there. Oh, yeah. However, you want some highlights? The two highlights in my humble opinion would have to be what we call our breakaway champions. Now, these are freakish pigeons, Ivan. I don't understand fully how they do it, but they can beat 5,000 pigeons by 20 minutes no. over 400 kilometres. Yeah. Now, how you do that, I've got no idea. No. I'm just finishing an article for the Australian Pigeon Racing Magazine, which will be released soon, and that lists some of these breakaway pigeons. But we'll take, for example, 210, Blue Checker Cop 210. These birds from two birds I imported from premier stud in Hull in the UK. I picked them both out of the nest, Ivan. Ported them, put them together and bred this pigeon. Uh... How how, how, do, how, how, do, how do you get 20 minutes ahead of 5,000
2: pitches? I don't know, Ivan. Uh, <laughs> I asked that not. question myself. I've got a guy <laughs> you know, up here that, um, sorry to interrupt, I've got a guy up here, uh, David Hunter, who is being trained by Michael Portelli, and you know who Michael Portelli yeah, is. and very uh, famous. And, and yep. I sit here scratching my head thinking, how does this guy beat me by 10, 15 minutes all the time? And he's just not far from me, but he's always manages to do it. Yep
17: anyhow you know, you know the, the the secret lies in the pedigree. We look at the pedigree, you know, the, it's bred from uh, Dutch Olympiad pigeons to <laughs> the best of Vandergaard pigeons, you know, brother Laura, my by, by sister, Kim, these are national winning pigeons from 18,000 pigeons. That's what it takes, Ivan. That's what people don't understand. That's the background that you have to compete against. That's a very high bar. mmm and he's superbly prepared by Jimmy. Jimmy is a master trainer. He is sensational. He, you know, he trains for an amazing backyard, perfect environment, perfect loft, and he's a master. And, and And Rhonda is very, very good with the birds as well. She's got that wonderful female touch, which is gentle and empathetic. And it's just all the bits of the puzzle come together in that backyard.
2: Mm. Now, did you have any one bloodline that you imported that was extremely successful? Well, I've imported almost
17: everything, Ivan. The whole library I've imported. And it's like going down to the river and, you know, trying to wash the little gold nugget out of all the gravel. It's a, it's, a, it's a painful search. However, I have one cockbird here which I particularly admire, which is what I call a classic eye camp bird, Ivan. You know, and I collected all of Iacamp's camps, Books over the years for the last 30 years and frankly I probably know their birds better than they do Ivan to be honest
16: mm.
17: and I've dealt directly with Hank Durians over many 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 years and this bird is a pigeon we call Blau 223 it's a long to medium cast blue bar cock it's a magnificent powder blue classic of the James Bond 05 lines okay. yep. but in the background you've got such luminary pigeons which I look for Bartley 96 Olympiad pigeon, Sylvester grandson of James Bond. Uh, you know uh, these are these are um, Hertog, another famous pigeon. These are the the old old Jansen Eye camps, which in my opinion have never been vetted. And you know I have mm. built a family off this one cock, five generations of Federation winners. Mm. Mm. But they've been heavily tested and very heavily selected, item.
2: Mm. Mm, gee, that, that's, that's amazing um, and, and the
17: other thing I look for in eye camp uh, pedigrees is multiple NPO winning hens They're hard to come by because they take three seasons to generate For instance, the hen that I put Blau223 with it's called Magic Eleanor from Lady Eleanor She was a five times multiple top 100 NPO winning pigeon so that's the depth you've got to start from.
2: Now, Aya Campy does he, does he do a widowhood system, or how does he race?
17: Uh, well, when you, when you visit his lofts, they never let you into their lofts, so you really wouldn't know. All you can see is what you can see on the videos. Uh, so I believe that they have a, a very complex loft set up in, on their farm. They race to a number of systems, Ivan. You know, widowhood hens, widowhood cocks. Uh, they're trying every trick in the, in the book. And, you know, racing pigeons in Europe is complex compared to how we race to the perch. Yeah. It's too complex, frankly. Uh, racing the perch here works. I've raced widowhood in Sydney. You know, one season I raced 12 widowhood cocks successfully, but they'd already been pre-selected from the season before.
10: Uh-huh.
17: But, you know, generally speaking, you know, where we're at, we have to race the perch, which suits me fine, I think. Yeah, you know, the Europeans are very, very good at what they do. Uh, it's a, it's it's an art form. It's a heritage which we don't have. But it's also a totally different climate. They're You know, they're racing in summer with very long days, 12 to 14 hours of daylight. You know, they're inverted to us, yeah. as we know. It's totally different.
2: Yeah, and what do you say to the fans here that say, oh, it doesn't work in Australia, it just can't work here?
17: Wouldn't so say it doesn't work. What doesn't work? Widowhood?
2: Yeah, widowhood racing, yeah. Like some people oh, just discount it. They don't, they don't even want to try it. Oh, it doesn't work. We're not Europe. We've got different climate. We've got this, we've got that, and it just doesn't work here.
17: Well, it depends on, on the uh, on the skill of the fancy and his knowledge. So some of the UK-based fanciers who come over here obviously immediately want to try to fly widowhood. I think there's a space for it. I really do. I think yeah, a small oh. group of widowhood cocks or hens is successful. For instance, my twin brother Rob... He flies a small elite group of two, three, and four year olds in the first part of the season. Effectively, they're flying widowhood to their nest boxes, and they're sensational. They're heavily tested, yes. they're multiple Federation winners, yeah. and they're hard to beat. And he prepares them superbly. And then he brings his young birds underneath it. And I think this is a really good model.
2: Yeah. 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 I've been to his loft, and it's very impressive what, what Rob does there.
17: Yeah, and now that you know, he's very isolated. He's way on his own and faces West Head National Park, which is full of peregrines. So, interestingly, he's bred a family of birds, which are very small, very short. And the reason for that, Ivan, they have to be agile to survive. The falcons up there, my pigeons are larger and they're longer. They're a different family.
2: Hmm. Now, what message would you like to convey to the Australian pigeon fancy about your birds and your auction? Like, uh, what message... uh, uh, Should they uh, really study the catalogue and select? Yeah,
17: it's it's really, I think, if you're interested in pigeons per se, to come along to this auction and handle this array of pigeons will be incredibly educational for you. Mm. It means you don't have to travel overseas. Congratulations. Save your money. (laughs) Uh, You know, the only way you'll become a good pigeon fancier, Ivan, as you and I know, is to handle thousands of good pigeons. I've handled thousands of pigeons, and my hands are calibrated yes. to understand what I'm looking for anatomically, structurally and physically. Yeah, you're and right. You know, that's what you've got to do. You can't look at uh, images on the computer. You've got to handle the birds. Yeah, well, that's what world. I said
2: to Rosie is when he came out here. I said, don't you ever get sick at handling all these pigeons? And he goes, no, it helps me with my selection, he goes.
17: Correct, correct. That, uh, you know, the hands have got to do the selection and the hands have got to do the talking. They've got to tell you. Is this pigeon worth worth having in my pigeon loft? What's the variability I'm looking? What am I looking for in a racing pigeon? You've got to have some model in your mind's eye in terms of what you want to create in your breeding loft, and you've got to get out there and you've got to visit people, you've got to talk, and you've got to handle lots and lots of good pigeons.
16: Mm. Mm.
2: Now, is there anything I've missed in asking you that you would like to um, tell our listeners to end, end this interview?
17: Yeah, I think uh, I think that the the take-home message for me, Ivan, is that um, I think we're all privileged to enjoy such an incredibly intriguing and absorbing sport. I think we need to be just collectively cohesive and look after each other, encourage each other, and I hope everybody can come along this auction and have a good time post COVID. Celebrate the sport and hopefully take something special home.
16: Mm.
2: And you'll be there and you'll be able to speak to people and that, yeah? I'm going I'm to be there all day.
17: I'll introduce Excellent. myself before the auction. I'm going to be there handling the birds. I'll answer all the questions. I'll handle birds for people. And I'm going to hand the birds and the pedigrees at the end of the day to every person. So it's very oh, personalised. Fantastic,
2: fantastic. All right, Ken, I'd like to thank you very much for being a part of Pigeon Radio Australia today and uh, good luck with your auction and uh, I hope that I can make it to Sydney for the auction myself. And thank you, Ivan, for your contribution to the sport. Oh, look, I, I do it, Ken, because I love the sport so much. I started when I was about eight years old with pigeons and uh, you know, I, I saw it diminishing when I, in, later in life, and I thought to myself, something has to be done here. So, I'm trying my best to, to, to promote it everywhere I can.
17: Yeah, you've done a fantastic job, and yeah, you know, we know you and I know that one thing about pigeon racing is not actually about winning races; it's about friendships.
2: Yeah, correct. It is. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Ken. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll catch up in Sydney at the auction. Yep. I look forward to seeing everybody there. Thanks, mate. See you later. Bye-bye. And that was a great interview by Ken Marshall about his auction sale. I'll have more details of that before we close off the program today. But uh, let's have a listen to a classic Australian hit here on Pigeon Radio Australia. And I'm talking about a band called Daddy Cool and Ross Wilson with a classic song, Eagle Rock, on Pigeon Radio Australia.
14: around once and we'll do the eagle
5: Taramid, We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramid stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Bale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340 551.
0: Southern FM Sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried pigeon products. Rhonefried, a German based company, is a leading manufacturer of world class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035981000 and pigeonvitality.com.au. Southern FM sponsor.
2: You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia, the only devoted pigeon radio show in the world. Hosted and presented by Ivan Fonky.
1: So, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.
2: on the line, I have a new flyer to the sport and uh, his name is David McKenzie. I met him on the auction site for the Royal Children's Hospital uh, auction for the Good Friday Appeal. Uh, David, welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia. How are you, mate? Good, Ivan. Thank you, mate. Now, tell us, uh, you're just starting in pigeon racing and uh, how did you get into it? I I think you told me that you were listening to the radio or something like that. Yeah,
13: I also had a couple of birds when I was a kid, when I was about nine or ten. Um, had a couple of Mondinas and yeah, mucked around with that. But, yeah, I no, got into it oh, mid to late last year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just yeah, me and the kids for um, having a bit of fun with it at the moment.
2: So what what the kids think of it? How are they
13: going? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, especially my eldest, my eldest Lachlan. He, um, yeah, he sits there with it because I've got it all written down in, uh, on an iPad. All the breeds and the bloodlines and all that. And we, we sit there at nighttime time and he goes through it and... I want to pair this one up with that one, and this one with that one, and yeah, no, he loves it, absolutely loves it.
2: Oh, that's excellent, and um, yeah, and uh, what you're going to hit now build a loft and join a club, and
13: yeah, I've got a couple of small uh, sort of tin lofts at the moment, but yeah, the plan is um, probably over the next month or so get uh, get something decent built, and um, yes, yeah, so there we go. I might be racing this year. I'll be planning on racing next year. Um, yeah, really looking forward. I'm looking forward to the breeding season this this year. Um, I love the breeding side of it, and yeah, once you want to start racing, then it'll be another adventure.
2: Hmm, that'd be good. Now, um, you you bought some birds on the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday appeal auction, yeah. so um, yeah, you got them from Barney, didn't you?
13: I did, Barney Mitzi, um, the character that uh, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's been giving me some great advice as well. Um. But, yeah, no, they've got some Harrison cross Rubens off Barney, um, which is good, and, and Jamie as well.
2: I've oh, got, yeah, uh, you, and, got, um, you got the, the, the grizzle off Jamie, didn't you? Yes, yes, yeah. that's
13: right. So, yeah, no, looking they'll, forward they'll to... Be it. Good,
2: they'll be good birds for you, they will be.
13: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to pairing them up and, um, yeah, no, bring, bring it all on.
2: Yeah, no, no, that's to. great. That's fantastic. And uh, what club do you intend joining?
13: I'm with the VRPU at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, I joined them through Pierre, um, who's been my mentor. He, he's got me into it so far. But I'll probably look at – well, I will be looking at joining the WPF um, sooner rather than later, I think. Mm.
2: Yeah, because so, you're moving down that, that side of the city. I'm
13: you? moving, yeah, moving up to the poppers Werribee area. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, so
3: more suitable for day. you. So, no, looking forward to it, mate.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, you come up to my place the other day and I gave you a few, how are those birds settling in that I gave you?
13: Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. They're looking good. They're um, eating well, drinking well. Uh, very good. Yeah, no, settled, settled right in. On, yeah, <laughs> that's, they're my favourite at the moment. I'm um, very excited what I'm going to be able to do and achieve with them and uh breed them up and uh, race them for next year
2: oh that'll be great i think that'll be excellent and and your son's going to be in partnership with you is he or no they both will yes oh both of them oh yeah i've got a
13: 12 year old lachlan and a nine year old charlie well they'll be
2: excited when you start taking the birds up the road and letting them go and they come home and all that sort of stuff that'll be lovely. yeah we've just seen the breeding side of it at the moment but once the um yeah, oh Well, the breeding training. side's exciting as well because the kids yeah, get to right. see the babies hatch and, and then they put ring, right. rings on them and yeah, all that that's that's sort of right. stuff. So And then they've they got to train you. them to fly around the house, so that's that's another adventure.
13: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. The mm. kids name them all. and Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. Really, really good.
2: Oh, well, we're glad to have you in, in our fraternity, mate. And, uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I hope you have a lot of success in pigeon racing with your sons in the future. Certainly will mate, getting more advice off your bud. No worries mate, you're welcome to come over anytime. Fantastic, Ivan. All right, thanks David for your time and uh, good luck. Cheers, buddy, thank you. Cheers, bye-bye.
6: Your voice in the community. 88.3 Southern FM.
2: You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the greatest racing pigeon radio show and the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. And our website address, I'll say it again, is pigeonmedia.com.au. And back in 2017, I had an interesting interview with uh, Ken Marshall's Partner in crime in the racing pigeon game—that's Jimmy Vescos, and they were leading the aggregate at the time. And uh, let's have a listen to what Jimmy had to say about uh, Ken Marshall and his partnership with Ken. We have aggregate leaders: Rob Marshall's uh, brother, Ken Marshall, and Jimmy Vescos is on the line. Jimmy, how you going, mate?
12: Yeah, good. Ivan, how are you?
2: Good, mate. Good. Now, listen. Tell me, somebody—a little birdie—rang me today, and they said you and Ken. That you're blitzing, yeah. you're leading the aggregate, and, and, and it's pretty much unbeatable. You probably win it. Yeah,
12: probably. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of races to go. I think we're 150 points in front or whatever. <laughs> so uh, we've had a
2: stellar year. <laughs> now, listen, what's your secret, Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, I, I, was talking oh. to, I was talking to Rob <laughs> last week about you, right? And yeah. um, Rob said to me, he said, you know, that Jimmy, he said he's just a phenomenal trainer.
12: Oh, okay. So yeah, he was at my s- place last Saturday. Yeah, he was. He
2: was there because he said I didn't want to race because yeah, I thought it was too hot, and so he went over to your place to watch you clock. Yeah,
12: yeah,
2: yeah. Now, listen, tell yeah. us, tell us what, what what have you have you won? You've won a few feds, haven't you?
12: Well, um, yeah, I won. I won three feds. I've been fed champion in three feds in Sydney. No one else has ever done it. It's a mm. record. Yeah, and uh, that's the Federated Racing Pigeon. Association that was uh, we had I think we had 260 members at the time mm. when I won it 265 mm. members
16: mm.
12: and then uh, that that the old guys sort of passed away a lot of the old guys that were in that and so that federation folded and about 12 years ago mm. we moved into the Central Cumberland Federation and mm. then we had about 400 flyers all mm. of Sydney mm. and uh, won that one as well and. Uh, and this year, because of the rotavirus, um, central Cumberland, they, they decided not to fly. Yeah. They're flying now. Yeah, They're I flying know. now. They've got <laughs> about 80 flies, 80 guys that had to go, you know what I mean? Mm. But, um, we went to the other federation in Sydney called the Southern Racing Fission Federation. Yeah. And they decided, they decided to go west over the Blue Mountains, out as far as Ivanhoe.
16: Yeah.
12: And, um, yeah, just, uh, been totally dominated the, the, that federation all season. Yeah. Had a phenomenal. That's a phenomenal Tell season. Tell us, you
2: know, what are the main bloodlines you've been clocking?
12: Well, the main the main bloodlines, it's all basically down to Ken Marshall's pigeons. So hmm. Ken's probably imported, I'd say he spent about $500,000 importing yeah, pigeons. Yeah, I know, Rob told me, yeah. In the last 10 years, and I've been hmm. his uh, personal trainer. <laughs> and uh, he, he breeds me 200 squeakers every year,
16: yeah.
12: Ken. Yeah. He's very fastidious, um... He sources birds all over the world. He's got a stud in the UK. Mm. You know, he's, I think the, the pigeons that he has got are unique to him. Mm. A, no one else has got those sort of bloodlines. And He'll, he'll mm. go to IJ camp, he'll go through the whole lot. It'll take him three days and he'll pick out, will pick out a, one or two uh, pigeons. A, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or he'll go, he'll go to somewhere else and he'll, uh, he'll do the same thing or source out the Herman bloodline that he wants. You know what mm. I mean? It's just, mm. he's an absolute Canada
2: for he he ob- he obviously knows a pigeon when he looks at it. He knows what he's looking for. He,
12: yeah? knows, he knows pigeons He he went to George's era down at um, Canberra there. You know down mm. to to uh, Ponderosa. Yeah, Ponderosa. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. But I've been there. George's a terrific fellow. Yeah, yeah. And, I've been um, there too. Nice guy. Like yeah, we met down there. Remember Ivan? Yeah, we he
2: did. And fun fun we had we had were back. drinking. Hey, yeah. me and you had a rakia I tell you, didn't we?
12: Yeah, we had a little drink of a raki. Yeah, that was pretty good. It <laughs> sat me on my arm, actually. Hey, you got to
2: come... Hey, one day you come to Melbourne, Jimmy, and we put a pig on the spit and we have some rakiya, yeah? Sure.
12: yeah. Well, I went up to Peter Maddie for a couple of years ago and we had a up there that used to send it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I was driving home from Tarrie back to Sydney and got caught in the bushfire and everything. It was a very... <laughs> <laughs> a very eventful trip, yeah. You know, <laughs> not like driving of course, you know. You know
2: I'm what saying? I'm going to tell you, Jimmy? I've Wait got you know you know Gel Rosiers from Belgium. Yes. I, well, Gel Rosiers is coming to to uh, to Australia. Okay. And he's only going to be here for five days. And I was talking to Rob about it last week, and Rob right. said, "Come up to." I said, yes. "I want to come up to Sydney for a day to show this guy some of the flies in Sydney as well, not just in Melbourne." You know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking of flying up there with him for one day, right, and we'll spend the yeah. night there. Rob said we can spend the night in his apartment there. He's got an apartment there somewhere. He said you can spend the yeah, night in my well. apartment. Yep. Yeah. All right. And um, yeah. we'll come up there and we'll probably visit you and Ken as well, right? Sure. And yeah. we'll bring no we'll bring gel roses and maybe if you can line up a few lofts we can go and have a look at. You know what I'm saying?
12: Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah no that'll be that'd good. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah, know, so it's always good when we have international visitors come out here. That'll be great I've met i met Silver Toy. Yeah.
2: But well sadly, to jo-
12: sadly Sadly S- S- Sil S-
2: Silveri Toy passed away last week. Yeah, sadly.
12: I, I know that, yeah. And uh Josh Stone, you know, he, he's a great guy. I've met mm. him a few times, you know what I mean? Mm. Josh, mm. Josh is uh Yeah, he's another nice guy. Yeah, he is a Lovely guy, yeah. you know what I mean? All those and, European yeah.
2: blokes are really nice guys. They are all of them. Yeah,
12: well, see, that, that, that's what I say. That, that the thing is that all those pigeon guys, we should all stick together. We should because we're, we're doing something that we love. You know, there shouldn't be any animosity.
16: Mm. You know,
12: um, some guys are better flyers than others. You know, if, if some guys are better flyer than you, just try a little bit harder, or, or um, you know, just you know, it all comes with experience. I've been flying for forty five years, mm. so now I found that. I've got a good. I've always had a good system, yeah. you know. Mm. Now I've got an exceptionally good team of birds. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. The birds that I, the birds that I've sourced through Ken Marshall. You know the birds, mm. Ken has Yeah, taught, you showed and, me photos and, of them
2: in Canberra. They're just phenomenal pigeons that he's brought yeah, in. You know, unbelievable.
12: And, and Ken and I work well together. He's a breeder. on the, i the flyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't. I don't interfere with his breeding or whatever. Which mm. I, I, you know, I. Well, he, 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 hey, he, he obviously knows, team knows team and, what
2: he's doing with the breeding. I can He tell
12: knows everything he's doing. He breeds a type. He knows. He'll rattle off every European pigeon, every name under the sun, you know. What I mean, mm. we're here on Saturday afternoons, and, and he'll go back to names and, and source birds back to what bred this and what did that. And, mm. you know, it's more or less like going back in the horse racing, bloodlines
16: and, mm.
12: and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't always work. Hey, there's, there's good ones and there's bad ones. It doesn't. No, so cool. well, that's, that's what, what hey, say, yeah.
2: You know what? When I bought my birds from Peter, because when I started back, yep. I went to Peter and I bought all my birds from Peter. Yeah, and yeah, you know Peter, what Peter mate, said yeah. to me when he sent me those pigeons? I bought no. five pairs of pigeons off him, and he says, "You know what I'm going to say to you, Ivica?" I said, "What?" He said, yeah. "I'm going to send you five pairs of birds." He said, "Maybe he says you'll get one pair that's good. Maybe you'll get none that are good, because that's not right. all pigeons yeah. are good."
12: That's exactly correct. Yeah. Some all pigeons don't click together. I've had pigeons that that um, over the years that, that weren't breeding anything. You know what I mean? But mm. then you put a particular hen back, swap her over to another cock, mm. and suddenly they're breeding. They're breeding prize winners and winners. You know That's what I mean? Right, it, yeah. It's a it's a fascinating game. And what I've always said about even to Rob Marshall and that is the the uncertainty of pigeon racing mm. is the intriguing part about it.
16: Mm. You know what I
12: mean? Mm. We never know. When we're going to win, or when we're going to, you can have a fair idea, and then like all pigeon trainers, all fanciers know, mm. you know, you can be really super confident one week, and then you'll fail. You know what I mean? That's sort right. Of,
2: well, look at the Fed. You know. winner. look at the Fed winner in in my Fed this week. He's won the Fed by twenty seven minutes. Right? right? The week before, okay. the week before, yep. he didn't have a bird till four o'clock, which was exactly about what right. two hours yep. late, wasn't it? Three before hours late. Happens,
12: same thing happened last week in our federation. We're, we're flying the biggest federation in Sydney at the moment. So, mm. I'm racing pigeon press yeah. west. And we had our young bird derby, not Saturday, the Saturday before, right? Yeah.
16: There
12: was hardly anyone home, like, like, uh, Bill Stofsky, he's a good friend of mine, you know mm. what I mean?
16: Mm.
12: He never got a bird on the day or whatever. Mm. The week before that, he, he didn't do very good either. Mm. And the same as the winner last week, uh, Graham Aston, another top guy, yeah. you know what I mean? He, yeah. uh, he's been flying sort of ordinary a little bit, you know what mm. I mean? And, uh, he came out and had a phenomenal bird on the Umboo Derby, mm. and then this week he's back down the down the field again.
16: So that's
12: what I'm saying. The uncertainty of pigeon racing is the. It's, in one way, it's the, it's the beauty thing about it, a beautiful thing about it. In another way, it's a um, it's a heart stopping thing. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. You know, it can get it can get you down. I've, I've been there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it can it can happen. You know what I mean? Mm. The main thing about about pigeons is being consistent mm. and. You've got to be consistent yourself. You yeah. know that's the thing. Mm. You've got to use empathy with the birds. You've got to know when they're when they're tired or whatever's happening. You know what I mean. If you've yeah. overtrained them,
16: yeah. you've
12: underfed them, overfed them.
16: Yeah.
12: All this income is a very very fine balance. Mm. And I've found over the years, you know what I mean, to yeah. just a tweak, just a tweak, little things can actually work. You know what I mean. That's
2: right. Now listen, we have got people probably that don't know nothing about pigeons listening to us. Um, it's right. not It's not all about just having a bird and putting it in the race, is it? There's a lot more
7: to it, isn't there? Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to your local community radio station, 88.3 Southern FM.
2: And don't forget Ken Marshall's extraordinary sale, View Lofts Pigeon Auction, on Sunday the 12th of June 2022 at the Liverpool Pigeon Club in Sydney, Australia. For more information, telephone Ken Marshall on 0493 381 674 or Adam Archer on 0421 670 004. And be patient for the catalogue. It will be out soon.
3: And uh, Tony, it's time for the end of the show now, and it's time to say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, Tony. Yes, goodbye, Ivan. Mean, goodbye, all the listeners, and goodbye to everybody around the world. And we'll catch you next week.
2: Yeah, we will catch you next week here. Same time, same station on Pigeon Radio Australia. Cheerio.
1: So, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.